Welcome back to The Director's Cut, a podcast brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. In this episode, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash take us behind the scenes of their new comedic drama, Downhill. Inspired by Ruben Östlund's 2014 feature, Force Majeure, Downhill follows a married couple who are forced to reevaluate their relationship after barely escaping an avalanche during a family ski vacation in the Alps. In addition to Downhill, Mr. Faxon and Mr. Rash's credits include the feature film, The Way Way Back, the movie for television, Fatrick, and episodes of the series, Community. After a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in New York, Mr. Faxon and Mr. Rash spoke with director Jenna Ricker about filming Downhill. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Hello. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you guys. How about a round of applause for that? Thank you. Yeah. So I have, um, I have so many questions, but I'm going to try to keep mine brief and then open it up to you guys. Um, so this was, so it premiered at Sundance? Uh, yes. And then it opened last night on Valentine's Day. Yeah, yes. Perfect really date Really great movie. date, date movie, yeah. Right? Yeah. I can imagine all the dates that were like, oh, we're talking. Yeah. We are talking yeah. <laughs> after this. They came together, left apart, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so this... Um, the original film was a Swedish film, right? Force Majeure. Mm -hmm. But this feels so less like a remake, and I mean this with absolute like um, respect, more like a adaptation. Yes. So you guys talk a little bit about how you approached the project? I think kind of with that in mind, I mean, I think, you know, because we knew a lot of variables were going to change inherently just from the, 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 where we began with this, uh, we should say that this sort of began, this began before us in the sense that it was, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and, and, and Searchlight started discussions about, uh, working together again after enough said. And one of the things that sort of came to the table was, uh, force majeure. And along with Ruben, the original filmmaker thought, well, uh, it was very interesting, the idea of what would be the American version of this. With Julia on board, you know, as far as, like, tackling that first part of the adaptation of this or the our version uh, was the fact that, you know, with Julia involved, we really wanted to make sure that we were delving into her character's point of view, which Force Majeure is uh, it's a fantastic film, and but I would say it, it, it's it's about cowardice and masculinity sort of focusing on the, the, the male character. And so I think we, with Julia, we wanted to... Uh, at her, keep what we had, you know, you have force majeure with Pete's character, with Will, and then muddy this relationship. So it really felt like these two people were going this journey. That coupled with an American couple in Europe changes story stuff too. It's a fish out of water story. So we sort of just, along with Jesse Armstrong, uh, uh, who started this, uh, the writing process first, uh, and we started working with him and then succession, <laughs> second season started. So he did have to go and run that. So, but along that way, it was sort of about threading that through, um, from the beginning to end. It was a great job, really, um, and really refreshing to see that approach, not just as a woman, but just, I do think the American fish out of water 
all of that adds such another layer to it. Um, and speaking of, Austria is not a bad place to have to film, yes. right? No. But the snow, like there's certain things as filmmakers are like, no, no pets, no children, no snow probably <laughs> might be one of the other things, yeah. right? So talk about that because I kept watching and thinking, oh my God, that's a hell of a back to one. <laughs> like every yeah. time I watch something. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was, you know, um, a unique set of challenges uh, and circumstances. Certainly shooting on an active ski mountain ski resort, that yeah. we couldn't control uh, was difficult. You know, we oftentimes were shooting on lifts and gondolas that were in operation and we would sort of, you know, put our cameras on the lift and, you know, try to get them to stop it for a couple of minutes. But then, you know, this large collection of people would gather at the bottom of the lift skiers that had, you know, paid a good amount of money to be skiing Beans, yeah. and they would all sort of start getting disgruntled and probably saying things in German. Well, they were that, saying things in German. That were uh, not. That were not. Uh, we love movies. We love movies. You know, well, Take well, your time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Welcome. Yes. Um, uh, but no, we, you know, we, uh, we had a terrific line producer and really, you know, had to be quite nimble and flexible with our schedule. So every... You know, we would have about 48 to 72 hours uh, advanced kind of weather, weather notice of what we could do. And so a lot of times we would be pulling things that, you know, uh, called for sunny days and replacing them with things that called for overcast or stormy. You know, so we we were about as nimble as we could be under the circumstances. But, you know, we things that you've never done before in film like i've never ridden a gondola for seven straight hours yeah. you know i you know or been brought up in a um snow, snow cat, cat at like love. seven in the morning and then deposited on the side of the mountain and then picked up after the mountains closed at 4 30 you know so we had a, a good amount of resources in Ishkol, which is where we shot a lot of the ski stuff, um, snow cats, snowmobiles, you know, different yeah, infrastructure. The, uh, the scene where, uh, our M characters slowly pizza wedging down, they actually <clears throat> made that slope for us. Uh, so we were up towards the top and they made this little slope, but it went to nothing. So to your point, we would, uh, they would, the cast would ski down, then they pop their skis off and then the snowmobiles would take them back to the top. And then some of our camera crew would, uh, basically like water ski up. So they'd grab onto a rope and be pulled up, uh, behind these, uh, the snowmobiles. And then we just do that over and over and over again for that. I mean, that's something also too, I was thinking about the, how many hours of shooting, Right? Like, yeah. literally, like, you have a window. Yeah. And, eight to four, But basically. then you have the high sun. I mean, really, I was thinking, I was like, the yes. high sun and the reflection off the white, and yes. the, oh, my God. It was yes. incredibly you, can't, you can only put so many flags up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were somewhat limited. I mean, luckily, Danny Cohen, our DP, was... Um, you know, did a lot of prep in terms of just the exposure of how bright it was going to be and, you know, calibrating what we, what we needed so that we could get in the DI later and, you know, have all the pieces that we, you know, so we could affect it as we needed to. Well yeah. done. Um, so another question I had watching this, the cast, I know that Julie Louis-Dreyfus was a part of it for a long time from the beginning, but then you cast it out with what, you know, everybody recognizes as a comedic duo, right? And yeah. like superstar comedic. Um, 
you guys are both actors and writers and directors. So can talk a little bit about bringing them to the space of being that vulnerable and that open, especially there's a couple of scenes that are just so beautifully uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, when obviously when she nails it to him in front of the friends. Yeah. Um, but but other ones, too. And I just ha talk about that. You know, they're those are long takes. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 scene in the middle, uh, the fight scene, we'll call it, uh, is an 11 page scene. So we we shot that over three days. So we would just run it from beginning to end for them just over and over and over again, uh, changing, you know, uh, our, we had so much, you know, we, we shot from both sides of the room, you know, we were, uh, we had a ton. And so for three days, we basically watched them do this play over and over again. And I think, you know, to the point of, you know, obviously Julia and Will are, are fantastic, both comedic and dramatic actors. And, and I think knowing what that scene required sort of helped to understand tone as we sort of, you know, bookcased all that moment, you know, as far as like this play that seems to be in the middle. So yeah, we would, we shot that all the day and just fun fact to us, it was we, on the third day, we'd sort of gotten through all the emotional stuff. And so, you know, it felt like, you know, Julia and them could sort of not relax, but we got, we got it. We did your <laughs> close ups and all their other stuff. And then Danny mentioned to us, he says, because we've been going back and forth across the room, we might want to shoot from the other shoulder. And so we went over to Julia and said, so, uh, we kind of were done with the emotional thing. So let's just do all we, we just need two, maybe two takes, you know, over your shoulder and same for Will. And of course they were for it, but then they got into the zone. And anyway, that day, you know, their performances were always amazing. We already had it, but that was incredible. Like something just happened, you know, like an extra layer, you know, I can't. Explain. You wore her down, huh? We <laughs> wore her down. Maybe, maybe she was. Maybe she, she used was the emotion of hatred, of hatred that, towards of, us. She had us, towards us, and in her did performance. It. But that—that that is primarily the take we used. Like at least her telling that story is pretty much from one take. And so it was very nice when you got into edit. Just say, all right, that's what we want. So and then we built the scene around that. Um. Okay, so one other question before I open it up. As directors, you know, you, you always have these moments where, like, there's no way we're going to get this. Or, you know, holy shit, we got it, right? So talk, because this film seems like it's loaded with possibilities for that. Do you guys both have a moment, separately have a moment where it was like, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Well, I mean... I mean, there's plenty. I mean, you know, we we only had two days for the avalanche, uh, so those two days were a little terrifying just because, you know, The Way Way Back, which was our first movie, didn't have any uh, special effects or anything, you know, we weren't operating with this snow cannon that we, we literally had this uh, practical snow cannon that would would f shoot snow onto the deck so that our actors sort of had something to react to, made this gigantic noise, but also, you know, then they could sort of build, uh, you know, the special effects around that. Um, I would say that was just sort of, you know, mapping out that and knowing that we had two days at this actual restaurant that is where you see it. It's just practically on the map mountain uh, and shutting that place down because uh, it's very often they nothing could be shut down this is the only time I think that we one of the few things yeah we own the restaurant yeah and then we had some practical uh, effects 
um, that were sort of like, it was like a kind of a cannon that they set up on the side of the mountain. But there was a lot of, you know, speculation that it may not work and that we wouldn't be able to use it. It was just like hauling all the equipment up on the gondolas and, you know, setting off this sort of explosion so that all this kind of snow projectile would come towards the actors and sort of create the avalanche effect. And I remember we got ready for like the big test, you know, at the end of the first day and we we're all like, okay, here we go. And it, nothing happened. Yeah. And we were sort of looking at each other like, oh, okay, well, what's plan B, you yeah. know? Just and luckily avalanche. <laughs> this is only the big moment of the movie yeah. that yeah. sets yeah. everything yeah. in motion. So no problem. Yeah. yeah. And then we, I mean, you know, you do, we did a processing trailer one day. It's actually the scene that didn't make the movie, but yeah. we spent all day on that. And, you know, those things can be, that's a tight day too. So I yeah. think, you know, it's, it's very typical clock. And is, and are the, it just, it's, it's very impressive though. I mean, these conditions, forget it. Um, so I know I said it was the last question I was going to open up, but okay. is everybody skiers? Were those yeah. legit? Yeah, we had everybody. Every Will, Julia are are good skiers and did a lot of their own skiing. The kids, um, we had one of the two kids who had skied a lot and was a great skier, and the other kid had never been on skis an entire life. And by the time we got around to shooting them skiing, he had completely picked up the sport and so much so that we had to make him, you know, worse than he was because he was the kid that was doing the pizza pizza wedges (laughs) and he had gotten so good by the time it came around to shooting. We were like, no, 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 go go back to being crappy. That would be me. I was like, oh, pizza wedge. I got you. Yeah. 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 But we got very lucky. Even, uh, the G, G uh, uh, was a good skier, we all know. Home. Yeah, so I would it say was it was probably skier. 70 to 80% of them, and then we had probably 20% of, um, you know, doubles doing some yeah. some stuff on, like, the drone shots. Seamless. Like it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's open it up to some questions. No, no, no green screen. It was all practically done on the lift, and we, the lifts are... Um, slightly bigger in mm. Europe, and it's, some of the lifts are eight seats, eight six to eight seats. So you know, we basically would put our four family of four, say, in the middle, and then kind of jump from one side to the other. And then we also shot from you know the chair in front, looking back um, towards them. And we even did one shot that we didn't ever use, but it was like a pass by where the the lift was kind of coming around. And as they were coming up, you know, would go like that. Um, that was a shot we ch- chose not to use just because it was uh, we didn't need it. But um, so, yeah, it was sort of like, uh, again, like a NASCAR stop. Every time we would stop, get to the bottom, we would quickly switch around. Um, but it was all done practically on the lifts. And the gondolas are much bigger there as well. So, so we, could we were able to kind of have our... Those you know, four background. Our four you know, background. Julia are, and Miranda. Julia and, and Miranda. Three. And then our camera, focus puller, yeah. sound. Um, and first AD, I think all in the same gondola. And then we were and in then one. Jim and I were in the front. Yeah. On a monitor. Yeah. 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 Scary, it was hard not to, you know, just take advantage of the setting there. I mean, that was a, yeah. a big reason we chose to go there as opposed to trying to make something else in the States or Canada look like that one, because I don't think financially it would have been as, um, it, the budget-wise, it wouldn't have made sense because of the amount of production design we would have had to go to create to make it something else. Um, 
and also just because you that's just a dramatic scenery that doesn't really exist anywhere yeah, else but different. there. Yeah. yeah, but also doing that, I'm just thinking of the rig and the whole scenario. That's a lot of trust everybody's having, but also great job on the actors as well as the technicians yeah. because, you know, that's movement. You know, it's like filming yes. on a cherry picker. Yes. You know? yes. Not yes. It was really challenging just as far as like steady, yeah. you know, as far as the camera goes. And there were some things we were limited to because of that, because of the Tight. movement. Yeah. Um, and sound was, you know, challenging. Uh, so those things were always in our minds as sort of what the approach was. And Danny, you know, we talked a lot about using the Alexa, you know, even though he, I think had had a lot of positive experience with the red camera, we use the Alexa, I think just because of the body is more maneuverable. Right. And in those conditions, it was just an easier camera to have. Did you guys pick the longest runs? Were you guys like, this is the longest gondola ride? Yes. Oh, we're going to yes. pick this. It was, it was this. like a 20 something minute, 20 minute ride up and then up. 20 minute down. But and we right. couldn't, we realized we couldn't shoot down because then it would just look like we were right. So we could, we only shot up and then, and then there's like one sort of mid station, mid station where, you know, again, they were not happy about us stopping it, but we were at the point where we were on that for seven hours and obviously everyone needed to go to the bathroom. So we had this one thing where they stopped it and it's just Julia and Miranda Otto plays Charlotte and us just running bathroom back on, you know, <laughs> luckily you didn't have to see anybody, but you knew they, they were, were upset. They would, we would get to the bottom and they would, the makeup people would just throw like makeup stuff oh, yeah. at them. Yeah. They're just like, you know, they did their own makeup, looks, like look. throw snacks to us. And like, Thank you. Yeah, it was you know, literally cause just, shoot. Julia and Miranda were each they were doing, doing their, their, their own, makeup. Yeah, yeah. So they were just fixing it up. Yeah. I love these kinds of stories. They're so great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's very so difficult exhausting. question for us because we it hate brings up a lot other. of sore spots. Uh, we barely got through this one. No, it's okay. This is our last one. No, we uh, no, we do have things together. You know, uh, just backstory wise, we met at the Growling Theater, which is a sketch improv theater in uh, in Los Angeles. So we were already performing together and friends before that. So so and then writing sort of was first. You know, we sort of dabbled into that and took this ride with the way way back as far as writing and then to the descendants and so I think a lot of it all of our stuff has sort of come from almost an improv background which the tenets of that is like give and take and and yes and 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 do our best to but I think we had a sensibility that just worked so I think when it comes to directing we do pretty much all of it together you know I think you know uh, maybe we'll both go and one will take lead talking but for the most part I think one we you know with way way back we were learning by doing a lot of things so we were both eager to to follow the same thing along but for the for everything we just sort of I think um, we know when one of them needs to one of us has an idea we let them run with it so that the other one can say I told you so it was bad <laughs> well, what nothing <laughs> I nailed it. That's, you nailed it. That's how our you life works. It. Yeah. Yes. I think we, you try to have a, this sort of same vision and the same um, thought process as you you know, speak to crew and cast. And if that means us having a little sidebar before we go speak to someone, so we're not contradicting each other, like, but usually we have the patience and the trust with each other just to sort of allow it to, um, you know, heighten and explore to use another improv term. (laughs) (laughs) I also think though, like I often think about what it would be like to co-direct because there's some, there's a lovely moment of looking at somebody and being like, yeah, you know, they, yeah. they, and it's either, you know, a producer you have on set, maybe it's an actor that's part of the process, yeah. you know, but to, to have a director that has a similar taste and 
vision. It's got to be nice. It is nice. I mean, not only is it nice, as Jim said, when your brain fizzles and somebody else is there to sort of pick up the slack, pick up the slack. Um, but it's also nice just to, it's really enjoyable to share the experiences together, whether they be positive or negative, you know, whether you're sort of, cause you already know how stressful this position is, you know, all the questions coming at you Uh, and you're just lucky to be able to look at somebody and go, do you know? Um, He's got that one. (laughs) Yeah. You like dodge. Do you have any idea what to say here? No. Um, yeah, it's a miracle any film gets made, so it's nice when you can share it yeah. with someone. Yeah. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we, um, a couple of things. We had, we had uh, a, a little s- scene that happened after the place where uh, we ended up cut, uh, ending, um, which was them going down uh, in, in the car, sort of this you know, final shot of them going. It had a little bit of a graduate feel to it, you know, what was going to happen after this. And we did sort of this last thing at the edit where we played with a very drastic cut where we ended up uh, with what you saw, uh, and it, which also included cutting a, a scene at the top, which sort of connected to the what that drive. And for us, even when we got there, we knew, you know, if I don't, for those of you familiar with Force Majeure, Force Majeure has the bus ride down and it's very harrowing. And the, uh, actress, the playing the wife, she is getting freaked out and jumps off the bus, you know, leaving technically her family on the bus and everyone gets off the bus. And so we sort of walk with them down the hill and you sort of get a little, the, the husband lights a cigarette and sort of a little smile to his face that they take it out. Sort of the idea that that it can happen, force majeure. Like, I mean, uh, you know, it's not black and white, you know, she did the same thing. So we wanted our version of it with, you know, to muddy it. But, you know, our biggest thing was, you know, knowing that Julia on the mountain, Billy's character was very clear with him. This, we have work to do. This is just for the boys, you know. And so when we got down there, we had this idea to do this, you know, snow repeating theme you know, coming and see the four of them leap away from each other in a small thing. And just the idea of them scoffing and going pretty much, which they've been talking about that it's not black and white. Um, and, um, that's where we came up with that. I also like the, how old are you? Mm, yes. <laughs> Moment. It's always so clear when you're younger. Uh, yes. Uh, we'd be foolish not to allow them to do what they do so well. I mean, like I said, we come from improv, so we know the, the advantages to, especially when you have, um, uh, one, shoot the script first, uh, to be safe, but also they had a good handle on the script, uh, and it was in a good place so they could play with it. I would say that things happen most in places like Zach Woods is brilliant, you know, um, and so like Sea Cucumber, that's him, you know, um, so we learned he knows a lot about Sea Cucumbers. Uh, but because we did that three day scene, um, it was wonderful in the sense that we had the time to watch them sort of uh, build off of it. And it didn't just mean new lines or anything because they're probably not that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was, it's also sort of the type of movie that doesn't really lend itself to like, you know, big improvised scenes that sort of feel tangential, like where they just go into a whole nother area that don't, doesn't connect with the story. Um, so it really was just subtle pieces being added here and there um, as sort of flavor, you know, to what was already being filmed. And we were always open to it. 
as you know, and I think when you have really good improvisers that can improvise sort of with uh, based or, you know, attached to the story so that it's connected to what's happening in the scene and it feels character based, then, you know, it, it can be useful. It's only when it, you know, sort of goes down a road and then you are, you know, fretting about how you're going to cover the other side of it and everything like that. You usually get like good, I mean, uh, improv, you know, you get nice buttons or at least options. Like for example, we had, we shot a line that was in the script at the end of the big fight scene that Zach says. Uh, and then we tried, and then at one, one take, he just went and grabbed a carrot and took a bite. And then we're like, well, that's 10 times better than that line. So we made sure to cover both of those, but we pretty much knew in the moment that's the carrot. (laughs) So, you know, that kind of thing. Other questions? No, that's it. That's it. They're done. They're done with the questions. Okay, I just have a few more. I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I do, just going back to the actor thing, because it's, like you said, the the tangential or the getting too broad for something like this, Mm -hmm. that was just another thing I really was impressed by. You know, and you're working with really great actors who do have such a natural mm-hmm. inclination or, or talent for it rather, I should say. Yeah. Um, they, they had these very, you know, awkward, ordinary people style like scenes where you're just like, Oh, they're not, no, nobody's letting up mm-hmm. and you're yeah. almost expecting it. It's kind of the great thing about casting them actually yeah. is that audiences might expect the break in the tension and they're not going to get it. Right. So yeah. if you just talk a little bit about making that decision going in, yeah, I mean, it was something that we all talked about early uh, in the process as far as what we wanted the tone of this film to be. And I think what we all could agree on was that it, it did sort of balance, you know, it balanced between comedic and dramatic and, you know, these sort of flawed but real characters that hopefully felt authentic and honest, you know, making poor decisions, which is something that we're always sort of drawn to. And I think the comedy is really born out of the drama, you know, as opposed to being the other way around. So it was really about sort of nailing the dramatic stuff, you know, scenes and letting the comedy sort of release us from those moments. Um, but I think everybody was very game for that. And I think in the writing process, a lot of things that felt, too broad or, you know, especially with Will, you know, playing and Julia, who are these sort of comedic titans, you know, it could have skewed too far in any one direction. And so I think you're you're trying to be weary of that and make, you know, small adjustments when you can. One example was when he wipes out, uh, you know, on his ski day with Zach, you know, there was a scene early on that was him crashing into like a bunch of school kids that are skiing down the mountain. And it felt like it could have lent itself to sort of a being a broader moment than we wanted it to be and so we you know rewrote it so that it was just him and he wipes out and hits his head but I, I think we were cognizant of it and I think he was very on board with that as well as was Julia so you don't ever really know I think what the boundaries are you know tone wise it was challenging with this film um, from the writing to the shooting to the editing you know to to know kind of had a calibrate where your sweet spot is but like jim said i think that that middle scene is a good foundation for what the rest of the movie has to sort of support um so you know but we did find a lot of it or figure a lot of it out as we were editing you know just it's always good to have it all but you you know when you sort of pare down and pare down when you get into the edit room about like sort of what your where your lines are you know so there'll be outtakes is what i'm hearing 
and they bloopers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, it, really, really well done. I actually love that he was by himself when he bonked his head. It yeah. just was kind of semi pathetic in a yes. in a really mm-hmm. honest way. Like he's yeah. just a, reaching a little too far f- right. for himself. You right. know, yeah, it yes. was really, really great. Um, la- oh, we got a couple more. Yeah, <laughs> See, sure. Yeah, great. Yeah, Miranda yeah. Otto. Yeah. There is a one. Uh, not, she didn't work there. She was also vacationing, uh, that actress, uh, who sort of befriends, uh, and has a similar sort of conversation about sex and, you know, and, and exploring and stuff. Uh, but not, uh, someone who seemingly (laughs) seems to work at the, at the place and not probably as, you know, um, you know, great thing about Miranda is that, you know, she could play this sort of slightly heightened character, um, uh, cause we really wanted an American to sort of be, you know, thrust into this, you know, um, they never can get their footing to Austria. You know, they're instantly sort of hit with, with, uh, this woman who's, uh, very upfront and stuff and constantly keeps them on their toes. So, so a variation on a character. That's a great addition. Yes. We didn't want to do it. We did cover ourselves with, you know, moments of like, you know, even if it was just let's go home, but that, that was, for example, it happens, uh, and then they were going to go home and then we were in the car and they share, we had this version where they should have, uh, share a laugh there. There was this sign that was set up in the beginning that again, that got cut and there was a sign at the end and it sort of had a theme that just sort of took on a different meaning. And we sort of liked that as well. And they sort of laugh and it gets a little gradually at that point. But then we realized, you know, we, you know, the, the great thing about leaving something with a debate here, we knew that we needed to lop it off there. And so we played around with lots of different versions, but I think we wanted a sense of hope. Sure. You know, uh, I think I think the promise they talk to each other during the rescue scene is, you know, we go down together, but there's stuff ahead, you know. And so I think Billy's character and what we talked with Julia was important that she at that moment as a mom wanted to just deal with how her sons see their father. But as far as she was concerned and we were concerned, we didn't want her to rescue this man because he never apologized, never said, I'm sorry. And so I think that's, you know, why we wanted to make sure at the end it was sort of hope, but at the same time, the the black and white, and you just don't know yourself because there's a, a lot about identity, you know, and Billy goes on this journey with these people asking her if she's happy, are you true to who you want to be, you know, are you adventurous as you want to be, and she tries to be adventurous and has some fun, but also falls out of a stall, so, you know. I, I do think we tend to lean more towards um, an open-ended, sort of murky, you know, place at the end. In in the way way back, uh, which is our, again our first movie, we had a sort of similar, you know, ending in the sense that there was you don't really know what lies ahead for these characters, but there's maybe a sense of hope or some you know a conversation that will be had, and I think we it feels more real and authentic to life. <laughs> and, uh, so it's always, I think we always try to practice restraint, um, in those situations, which is something that we learned a lot from Alexander Payne when we were doing the descendants. It was a similar, you know, how can you suggest something without really having to say too much? And, uh, I think that's what we tried to implement in both cases. 
Yeah, it's great. We get to feel it. You know, we get to sit with it instead of being like the button and we're done. Yeah. And I do love, did she improvise? Like, I will f*** you right through this wall. Did she improvise that? Because that was No, that was a script. (laughs) Well done. But she did it well. (laughs) She did it great. She did it great. Any? Yeah. Stealing a lot from Jim's Well, the way back pain. We steal a lot from our personal (laughs) pain. But uh, way, way back was, uh, you know, inspired by a sort of autobiographical moment. And then, of course, goes off completely in, in a way that my life did not at the time. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I do think we like flawed characters. I think we dysfunction in family is very interesting to us. I, I wouldn't say we set out, you know, because there was four years in between those two movies, and and we were spending four years of that trying to get our uh, another script we had written, which we hope to do this year. Knock on wood, that uh, is is much different in the sense it was sort of like. Um, uh, a, a, a sort of a dark comedy in the black market organ trade. So very different, no kids. So, <laughs> so I don't know if we set out for that, but I do think, I do think that, that we way, way back for us was the movies we grew up on, like John Hughes, like that, that was, that was the type of movies we remember that. And so I do think we like to play in that place where, um, uh, kids are dealing with a, a very adult moments in their lives, you know, which we all, went through you know yeah they shape us right and they shape us did i see one other hand before wrap up no okay well you guys now we're done (laughs) yeah thank you so much not vaccine my pleasure thank you very much much. thank you so much thanks for listening to another dga q a don't forget you can find past episodes of the director's cut wherever you listen to podcasts As always, subscribe, rate and review us, and be on the lookout for upcoming discussions with Jeff Wadlow on Fantasy Island, Autumn DeWild on Emma, and Lee Winnell on The Invisible Man. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.